Hello, Miss Fitz. Hello, Miss Fitz. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. We're recording for Wednesday, May 6th. It's time for morning meeting. Yay. And it's just the two of us today. Yay. I was going to say, it feels <laughs> a little unusual to be just the two of us. We've had so many amazing special guests over the past couple of weeks. We have, but I'm also happy that it's just us again. It's a totally different vibe when we're recording with someone else versus when it's just the two of us. So it is kind of nice to have like a catch up day. And we have so many cool resources that we haven't been able to share because we've been handing the microphone over to our guests. So there's a bunch of resources coming your way today, people that have been like floating through for the past couple of weeks and we finally have time to share. All right. Well, we better get to it. Okay. So our riddle yesterday for Joe, it was an animal riddle. I have four legs. I'm faster than the other animals and I always win at cards. What am I? Yeah. It's that card thing that got me. <laughs> oh, once you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, so how could something always win at cards? Always, every time. If they were a cheater, uh, it's a cheetah. A cheetah. <laughs> Four legs, faster, always win at cards. A cheetah. All right, all right. I don't know if that's a real riddle or just something I found on Google, but I liked it. And we have a joke from a listener today. Do you want to share it? This is from Emmy. Is that right? It is. Thank and you, Emmy. This is a question. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Because they are so good at it. <laughs> I loved this joke. <laughs> I, I don't know what answer I was waiting for, but it was not that. It was not. <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I read it, I had like a <laughs> moment, <laughs> which is the best. Emmy, thank you. And Emmy's mom who sent it in. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's been a while since we've had a good listener joke. Yeah. So that was nice. Do you have a high point from today? I do. So it actually came early this morning. Miss Redfern Cave, who's one of our colleagues, sent this article called Your Only Goal is to Arrive and talking about, you know, living through quarantine. And, you know, I think a lot of us, when we first started, like, oh, we're going to have all this extra time. We can do all this extra stuff, get fit, eat right. I don't know what all the things are. The author uses the, this analogy of you're on an airplane and maybe you're with a kid and they're crying and you just need to survive, you know, mm -hmm. getting to your destination or you've been on, you know, there's some mechanical problems. So you've been on the tarmac for a while. And so you, you all know what it's like when you're flying and those situations happen to you and your only goal is to arrive. You know, you don't think about all those other things that you could be doing, watching a movie or getting some work done or whatever. And I thought that was a, a really great analogy. And it reminded me of my femur fracture last year and oh, how yeah. actually that experience has been a great preparation for this experience because I really had to celebrate little tiny milestones like mm -hmm. getting out of bed, like going up the stairs, like, <laughs> you know, making my own coffee, like showering. Like these were huge celebrations back then because I was having to learn to do those things again. And I feel like I am able to appreciate those little things a little better now, especially when I remember those times. Man, I need to read that. I'm struggling with this. I mentioned yesterday that I'm a sprinter and that I'm finally learning to be okay with slowing down, but I'm also like a relentless 
achiever and I want to do more. And it's because I love to learn and I love to try new things. And so the pressure of in quarantine, I'm baking bread. I'm trying new exercise. I'm building this. I'm doing that has really gotten to me. I've let myself buy into why aren't I accomplishing? Why aren't I using this time? I just think because that's my personality type. And so I am learning to embrace slowing down, but I still want to be pushing myself even as I'm going slowly. And so as soon as you started talking about that, I was like, that can't be my only goal. I need 50 goals. I always have 50 goals. <laughs> and then when my brain tells me that, I was like, oh, maybe I should, maybe that's a sign. I should read that. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking of some of our, some of my students that I know are listeners that also push themselves and have really high standards for themselves. Cause guys, that does not start in adulthood. No. <laughs> Perfectionism and like wanting to be your best self and working hard. They're not bad qualities, but they can be challenges. And most of us have them from the time that we're kids. So whether you are a second grader or a 65 year old, like you can be a person that pushes hard and has trouble just focusing on arriving. So that article sounds great. How about yourself? It's Tuesday and on Tuesdays, I do a lot of my recordings and I was thinking today, it's been really cool the way our whole household has gotten in on recording. It's become something kind of fun for all of us. I had my library live this morning. And I did not record it last week because I just, there were so many people and I couldn't figure it out. And so this week, Mr. Fitz was on a separate computer helping me to get the recording figured out. And like Brian was in and out of that. And then I was recording, we do something called reading practice with my third and fourth grade students where we talk about reading like it's an athletic practice because you have to develop muscles and it's about stamina and it's about focus. Just like you're not born a great basketball player, you're not born a great reader. You have to work if you want to develop those skills. So I was filming a reading practice video, which was a time lapse of me working on my stamina. And my other cat, Molly Biebers, jumped up on my lap and it turned into a video of her like rolling around getting scratched for 30 minutes. <laughs> and so it's just like the whole Fitzhenry household has become involved in the recording of my lessons, which nice. is, nice. I, I think I did, if I will admit, I gave up on my journal from this quarantine time, it was too much for me. I have so many feelings that writing them down was getting really exhausting and painful. But this podcast and my videos of my lessons, I think are going to be like a little journal. Exactly. Um, my, I, I'll be able to see how happy my cats were at this time <laughs> and how fun it was to collaborate on my husband with these wacky videos and projects. And so it's cool as I'm filming them, I'm like, oh, this is going to be one I'm going to remember. <laughs> for sure. Well, we got a lot of resources. We do. The first one is one that we have been wanting to share for a while, and we were looking to find the right day to share it. And today feels like the right day. It's called 31 Unorganized Sports You Should Teach Your Kid This Summer. So I think a lot of our families and a lot of our younger listeners are missing the organized sports that they normally play, whether your swim season was supposed to be starting up or you're missing out on your baseball league. Whatever it is, not being able to gather and play together has been hard. And so this article has a list of 31 completely disorganized, sometimes random rule lists, like the, the sports that your parents always say, when I was young, I used to play kick the can on the list. So <laughs> it's 30 or 31, just get outside and play and use your imagination kind of games that have very little rules and pretty much no equipment. And are there's one here called Steal the Bacon. Good old freeze tag, arm wrestling. There's a game called Sardines. I like hmm. the sound of that. 
<laughs> so some you'll recognize like duck, duck, goose, and monkey in the middle. And some that are, at least were totally new to me, dibble, three flies up. So if you're looking for like a good old fashioned family fun way to get outside, this has 31 opportunities for you to look through and try them out. Great. Did you play a lot of games like that outside when you were a kid? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like we were really encouraged not to come inside until supper. And we knew it was supper time because the local fire station did the siren at six o'clock. Oh, cool. so that was our that was our sign to get back home. We weren't really wanderers. My mom liked us in sight, but we did live on a cul-de-sac, which was like the dream. So we could play kickball in the cul-de-sac and we had woods out behind our house. And I, I also loved playing outside. My second resource, I just stumbled upon this today. There's an architecture firm called Foster and Partners, and they are offering these very cool resources for kids to build paper cities and to think about architecture at the same time. I've never been super curious about architecture. I think maybe because I've never looked at it this way, but this architecture firm put on their kind of kid thinking caps and created these resources that kids can use to build their own cities. They want kids to start thinking about spacing and framing and depth of field. And those can sound like really intimidating phrases, but when you look at it, it's really just folding paper and creating your own little city. Like you could make Miss Bitville. Yeah, I love this. This reminds me of an activity I had, uh, a sort of one of the final projects I had my digital art students do is take, uh, create a package. And the interesting thing about it is you really have to think three-dimensionally, even though you're laying it, laying it out in one dimension. Mm. So that's what all this is. They're all one-dimensional, you know, things that you cut out of paper, and then you have to fold them to make them three-dimensional. My spatial sort of intelligence is not high, and so these activities really help me kind of get that because I get hands-on with it. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. I have a hard time seeing something 2D and imagining what it's going to be like 3D. Mm -hmm. So I look at this picture of the example city that they've made and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then I see the 2D resource and I'm like, okay, I have no idea how that turns into that. <laughs> <laughs> Just my brain can't make that leap. So I might try this tonight. I have one more resource for you today for all my Harry Potter fans out there. I saw the other day that Daniel Radcliffe has filmed himself reading the first chapter of Harry Potter and was so excited to share it with you all. And then I realized it is even better than that. A bunch of stars from the Wizarding World and beyond are bringing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, depending on where you're reading, to life through Spotify. So every week there's going to be a different celebrity reading a different chapter of the first book. And so Daniel Radcliffe is just chapter one. And as a librarian, I could talk about Harry Potter all day about the way that this series changed children's literature and turned so many kids into passionate readers. It just turned 20, I think. And the fact that it is still such a huge staple in pop culture that at this time when people need entertainment and something to lift their spirits, it's the first thing that people of all ages turn to. That just warms my heart. I love it. Okay. You have the strangest challenge. <laughs> I love this challenge. I roped Miss Wilkins into this challenge with me. Library Live this week, we, this was by a student request. We did a read aloud called Creepy Pair of Underwear 
which is written by Aaron Reynolds, who also wrote Creepy Carrots. These are both student favorites. And it's illustrated by Peter Brown, who's a Caldecott winner. And so I actually managed to record Library Live this week. So I have the read aloud for you in case you haven't read that book. But the it really gets good. This is where Misfit comes in. Do you want to share what you did? Sure. So you sent me some, I, I still hadn't heard the book, mind you. So I'm still kind of like, this is strange, <laughs> but you asked this is me how good to, of a sport she is though. She had never heard this book and she did it anyway. <laughs> you had showed, shared some templates with me and said, could you create a pair of creepy underwear in scratch that people could animate and color? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I will do that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So it's like a little pair of briefs with eyes that move around and mouths that open and close. And once you hear the read aloud or see the book, you will see why the creepy underwear is so cool and actually not so scary at all. But our challenge for today is if you're interested, you can watch the creepy pair of underwear read aloud and you can create your own project underwear, your own creepy pair of underwear. And of course we want to see it. And the cool thing about Scratch is you can make your underwear as simple or as complicated as you want. You can make it move, you can make it talk, or you can just color it in or give it a bunch of eyes. I just have one resource to share. It's called Pleasant Event Calendar Activity. It was shared by our school counsel, Sophie Spidell. And what I love about it, it's sitting down and putting in a calendar format, like things that you can look forward to. And I remember, again, hearkening back to when I had my injury, these are kind of things that help me see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm going to get takeout food coming up here, or maybe you start hearing about things that are opening up, you know, when, when is it the next time you can go on a bike ride or a walk or buy a new book or, you know, watch a movie with friends or connect. Uh, my niece actually did a overnight over Zoom, which oh. seems crazy, but you can do it. So there's ways that you can connect in interesting ways online. So just especially if you're feeling really a little down and we, you're not seeing that light at the end of the tunnel because this quarantine seems to be going on and on and on, doing something like that, I think could really help you mark time a little more pleasantly. That is such a nice idea because I schedule in all of my like professional obligations, but I generally do not schedule in, do this fun thing for yourself. Yeah, I do both now and uh, it's great. So I have my calendar, I have my professional stuff is in one color and then the fun stuff is in another color. So I know when it's coming up. So when you see something in blue, do you like secretly dread it because it's not <laughs> what's in orange or, or green or whatever? It depends. <laughs> I mean, if it's project underwear, then it's both because right. it's professional and fun. <laughs> that sounds really neat. Oh man, we just threw a lot of resources at you. You've got the only goal is to arrive article, which I'm going to read as soon as we finish. You've got 31 unorganized sports you should teach your kid this summer. You can make your paper city with architecture templates from Foster and Partners. Got Daniel Redcliffe reading the first chapter of Harry Potter, creepy pair of underwear read aloud, project underwear scratch project, and the pleasant event calendar activity. Wow. And almost under 15 minutes. Wow. Way to go us. Okay. Well, then I will rush to get you the riddle. Or do you want to read the riddle today? Sure. A boy fell off a hundred foot ladder, but was not injured. How? Something to think about. Well, misfits, until tomorrow. Tech, love, and happiness.